sauce. Hey, you like Pez? It looks like that has Heaney from the boundary line. He's an expert at these. Hello and welcome to Behind the Boundary Podcast. I'm your host, Pez, and I cannot believe footy is tomorrow night. I'm here with Sauce uh, all week. There's just been tweets flying everywhere. Everything's happening. Round one starts tomorrow. Get around it. Hey, guys, I can hear the excitement in your voice, Pez, and you have all right to be excited. We are less than, what, 25 hours before the start <laughs> of the bounce. Seven hours. Not seven hours, sorry. 7.21 we stand at the moment. The 7.40 start tomorrow for Thursday Night Football. Cannot wait to be backed. And, Pez, I'm super excited because I'm actually going to the football this weekend despite my Catters and my Gold Coast Suns both playing <laughs> <laughs> uh, interstate. So I'm very, very excited to get back into uh, you know football, and I'm looking at the positive. I'm not worrying about round one not being full of uh, supporters. I'm mean, just being glad to have the... Oh, it's going to be better than 2020. There was, <laughs> better there was sit no, on the couch with mum. <laughs> there was no crowd noise. There was no nothing last year. It was really strange watching that first game of AFR footy last year. It feels a bit more real this year. Um, Richmond, come out on top, back-to-back premiers, ready to try and defend to get a third uh, premiership. If you haven't already listened, uh, Peasant Source did a, a prediction show behind the Boundary podcast with our ladders, uh, posted out to social media. So we've we've put it out there. If you disagree, tell us what you think instead. There were a few people that uh, <laughs> jumped on it, Pez. Uh, there's a, a couple of little comments on there that were a little bit interesting, but it's, it's very funny when people make those comments because I, I put the flyers out there and said, okay, well, show us what your, your, uh, your ladder is. Yeah, you know, we'll get that. We know when we get their response. Crickets, crickets. That's At the end of the season, yeah. and they'll be like, yep, I predicted this. Oh, I was just got this team wrong by, by one position or something. Yeah, but yeah, at the end. <laughs> if, you, if you're going to call someone out on something, like Behind the Boundary podcast, if you if we call anyone out, Source, we've got to back it up and we've got to actually take it on. Now, Source and Pez disagreed a lot in that, <laughs> in that show, <laughs> and we, we called each other out. So that happens, and hopefully that happens a little bit more because I actually enjoy doing that, Source, and get, having digs at you. Yeah, well, you <laughs> You do it every week, so I'm glad that you enjoy it, Pez. Um, yeah, make sure you jump on all our socials, Behind the Bound, um, on Twitter and our Facebook, Instagram. F- fire up the the old um, squiggle.com.au, the AFL ladder predictor. Chuck us your ladders there and tell us how wrong Pez was and how far <laughs> off he's going to be. And it's absolutely ridiculous that uh, some of the picks he had. You know what? Everyone will actually find the AFL so-called experts and us and everyone else. By round three, round four, round five, well our letters will be our letters will be gone, what, dust anyway. So um, it doesn't matter. There's always teams that bob up and teams that go down that you don't expect. So we'll see what happens this season. Uh, we've got exciting segments coming up. We've got our favourites uh, back this year. Always favourites, always the favourites. We've got big win, little win. We've got over under. We've got hashtag bring your own hashtag. Uh, looking for more. And today we're going to be debuting a, a new segment source, which will be the main segment of our round preview show. Yeah, most definitely. Very exciting. I've worked tirelessly trying to create a, <laughs> a, a soundbite. Uh, and you know what, Pez? As always, it's going to become the new favourite because <laughs> it we, already we, don't, is. we don't disappoint on this show. I've listened to it a couple of times. I can't wait to get your ears onto it. And uh, Pez, I'm ready to get going. So let's let's. what are we getting into first? Uh, first up, we've got Big Win, Little Win. So here we are, new listeners, season 2021. This is Big Win, 
little win. Actually, there's only two categories there, Sauce, <laughs> but we're actually going to have four. We've got big win, means it's absolutely amazing. It's really good. A little win, it's okay. It doesn't, you know, it's not, not a game overly, changer. not a game changer. We've got a, a little loss. So it's it's a bit of a loss, not very good for the, the news story or the side, whoever we're talking about. And then a big loss, massive loser, if it's not too good. So we've got yeah. four options to go for. We've got three topics coming up, Sauce. Most definitely. If you're trying to get your head around the big loss, uh, that's just think of any North Melbourne game. If you're thinking of a little loss, oh, think no. of uh, St Kilda. Big wins, think of Geelong. And uh, the little wins, well, they don't matter because they don't make finals anyway. So just to put it into perspective, I know some people are one of those more visual people. They like to be able to gain experience from what they listen to. That's the way you think into a... Oh, there you go. We'll get around to source. Having a dig at North when I'm usually had, the one to do that. Had a couple of digs in there. And you're trying to have a little dig at St Kilda, but we'll see how we go. Remember, a we've got win. that um, little bit of a bet from our ladder prediction show, St Kilda and Bulldogs, whoever finishes higher. I'm on the Saints, you're on the Dogs. Uh, for a little bit of a uh, little bit of something there. Yeah. Uh, first topic we're going to talk about is the Amazon documentary, and it's called Making Their Mark. It's an AFL documentary uh, filmed mostly during the 2020 season, during the coronavirus saga and all of that. It follows around six clubs with um, individual people. So it might follow the coach, for example, Gold Coast, it follows Stuart Jew. It might follow the player for Carlton, it follows Eddie Betts. And they go on, there's seven episodes and it ends in uh, winning the premiership and, and doing all that. So, Source, the Amazon documentary, have you seen it yet? Yeah, I have, Pez, and it's uh, it's absolutely amazing. It's something that AFL fans have been calling for a long, long time. Too many times we get these uh, insights into the AFL, and it's very scripted, it's very structured, and you you don't get the the purity of some of the some of the um, so the real events before game because people are so real, uh, worried about getting giving away their secrets. For me, this is a big win. Pez has to be a big win. We've got an insight into something that has been, you know, we've been wanting for a long time. Insight into the change rooms. Not only that, you've been able to see the insight into how, how the media affects some of these players and how they deal with adversity because, you know, so many times clubs say, oh, you know, we, we don't really look to that. We don't listen to the, the, the noise of the media. And, uh, and if, for example, in yeah, the every show... Every second one that we're talking about it. Canilio, he's actually looking at a wall after they were having a couple of losses and he's having a really rough trot. And there's actually quotes from different media outlets and yeah. different experts. And this is what they've said about our club. And they've put it on their wall in, I don't know, their meeting room or their lecture room or whatever it is. And they're reading it and I'm sitting there going, oh... Clubs, you don't listen to uh, yeah, you don't the listen external to we things. Just, so. One week at a time, bulldust. They <laughs> actually use that as motivation. We, which so is good, good which see. is good. But, you know, that can also work as, a, you know, an intrinsic motivation when you're using those external factors. But it can also work against you like that. It was very interesting about Eddie Betts. You know, he was talking to his coach about, after, or I think it was his coach, after the game about one of the, you know, oh, you did all the defensive things. And he's like, yeah, but, but I've got to kick goals. I didn't kick goals. Yeah. And Eddie, even though he knows, he's like, no one knows that. And that's where the negative aspects of the media come out. So for me, it's a big win. If you haven't checked it out, make sure you jump on Amazon Prime. Uh, do what Pez does and fork out the full amount accidentally <laughs> and, and pay out the whole thing. Watch it. There's some other great uh, documentaries on there. There's a San Antonio Spurs one as well as the LeBron James Come on, one. mate. We're not sponsored by Amazon Prime. Nah, just watch, hey, just, hey, watch just, just trying to get some sponsorship, mate. Trying just, to bring it in. Just get the 30-day uh, <laughs> free trial or whatever it is and watch your seven things. I had to binge it this week, Sauce, because we've got AFL coming up. So I'll be on the couch in front of the TV all weekend just... Just watching the footy, binge watching the footy, and it'll be great. Did, did it but not make you uh, your lips water as soon as you like just seeing all that footy there, getting you a little bit pumped, and then it, you finish it? And you're like, well, oh, one day here we go. It did, and you're like, oh, I remember this game. Oh, this is this is the game where where this happened, and it goes through the finals and things like that. Little snippets, but what I really love to see is the coaches. We got to see some halftime speeches, some after the game speeches. We also got to see how they deal dealt with the media during coronavirus and 
actually doing a couple of walk-offs from Damien Hardwick and things like that. So don't want to spoil too many things for the viewers that haven't seen it yet, but seven episodes, absolute gold. And I'm still going to say it's a big loss source because I wanted to see this 10 years ago. Oh, I wanted to see something like this 10 years ago. I think it's absolutely fantastic. They should do it every season and follow through and then go, all right, this is the 2021 documentary. It follows through these six players or coaches or teams and just do different ones. You're spoiled, aren't you, Pez? You, just, <laughs> you get something good and you can't just accept it. You can't just lick your lips and go, you know what? That's a great thing. I'm really going to appreciate it. Already a lot. You know what? Boom, too late. How good would it be? Too I want to see. I want to see what. You, um, you want to see the, 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 the AFL draw? You want to see the speech after that? I want to see everything. Oh, I wouldn't want to be watching that. I want to see... You were playing Nick Davis highlights before from the last final. Yeah. I was telling you I needed to turn it off. But. Well, speaking about losing grand finals, I'm a St Kilda supporter and um, I'd love to see what um, yeah. Ross Lyon said in 2009 at three-quarter time and then what he said to his players, how he addressed them after they lost that game after leading the whole time. So, um, yeah, I, I'd love to have that full access and I think it's going to happen more and more with everything that's coming out. I think the Michael Jordan documentary kind of yeah. started and paved the way and said, you know what? We should actually start filming things and doing things. Oh, you, you are right, though. It's, it's kind of crazy in this digital age that we're in that they can't film things as they as they really should be. They, sh- they don't document everything. And, and, I, and you know what? I think it is – I think you're actually right, Pez. It is going to be a big loss for the AFL because with all this great footage, they still can't get the uh, AFL goal review right. Yeah. <laughs> They've got no excuses now. Get Amazon Prime onto the, onto the horn. They should be able to get all of them right. They need to get all of them right, and that'll that'll go right into our next segment because uh, we have a new rule again introduced. Tweets were coming everywhere today on my phone at work, and I'm just like, oh, what's going on here? Reading a few of the comments, and people weren't very happy. It's the new medical rule source. And we say this every year, AFL is one of the greatest leagues in the world, but the one thing that they really, really struggle with is just keeping to a set of rules. They continually change them depending on the coach's comments, and again, the, Clark, pe- the people on these committee must have to do something <laughs> every week or something bef- so they can keep their job or else they won't get it. Won't yeah, get a job during what it was during COVID when they had to do like, you know, provide JobKeeper what they're actually doing. They're like, oh, I changed like four rules <laughs> yeah. today, this week, so it's, it's fine. Oh, <laughs> but, tell uh, us about the new medical the, rule. The new medical rule, it basically, um, it came out um, It came up after Clarko's rant about, you know, the, the limited of um, amount of subs that they're having here. They've gone from 75 down to 60 in the effort for the AFL to try to really speed up things and not speed up things, but just try to increase scoring and make the game more exciting. I don't know what they're watching for a start, Pez, but this is one of the most exciting games in the world. I don't know why we need to continue to manipulate it, but that is another story. <laughs> because I don't want to get on that tangent. But basically, uh, as of Friday, all clubs will be able to use 23 players for each game instead of the regular 22. The only exception is the 23rd player will only be able to take the field after club club doctors have have assessed an injury or concussion where they're medically unfit to continue the match. Very similar to our old uh, sub rule that we had, but I guess the difference is is that if uh, players aren't injured, then they can't use a sub where the previous old rule would um, have the sub. You can't do it strategically. But what I did read, Sauce, and you can correct me if I'm wrong, that the doctor of the club decides if they're you know, injured or whatever. So a team realistically at three-quarter time, they're struggling. They could take off a player who isn't really in their best 22 and say that they're injured and give them a week off the next week as well and put someone fresh on and take an advantage. The other way, if someone, say, does a hamstring uh, middle of the second quarter and you're one man down on the rotation, you actually get advantage because you get a fresh player coming in in the second quarter who hasn't run around for a quarter and a half. Yeah, it's really interesting the term medically unfit. First of all, Pez, where, where are you sitting on this one? Big win, 
Big loss, oh, big little win. I thought if they were going to do the sub rule at all, like years ago when they brought it in. You've been calling for the sub to be back for years. This is what it should have been. Yes. But I don't like how it's a medical and I think coaches will still be able to manipulate it. They have said the AFL chief medical officer will have to sign things off. But uh, if, if a player's going to miss a grand final because of – because of this, you know, well, if they if they still, went off, he still gets a medal and, and match payment and, and and a game under his record, even if he doesn't play. So it's he's fine for that. This is what I don't understand. So <laughs> you've got your emergencies there. Just have your emergencies, and if someone gets like a, a season-ending injury or something, go there. How good are the games back in the day when you're watching it and, and like the team's down one to the bet? <laughs> They're yeah. one on the bench That's or they've got no rotations and the commentary just gets up and the crowd gets up more and the players are tired and yep. they're just fighting through adrenaline. That's not going to happen anymore. For me, it's a, it's a little win, Pez. I think it's, I think they're trying to do the right thing by the. I'm actually, it's one of the rare times I'm actually happy that they've adjusted a rule prior to the season or during a season because they've been reactive to, to the data that's there. I mean, they, they, in you know, on average, sixteen to eighteen players injured during that week or any week. Are unable to play the next week So I think that's really good Because it gives them a little bit more extra time To get that treatment There's no point in um, the team You know Struggling for In early on the game If if they do a season ending um, injury It's not like they're going to lose them For just one week The thing I don't like about it And this is why it's a little win Is that as you said, it's going to be too easy to manipulate. Like, what's the, what's the difference between medically unfit? You hear all the time about players running through with broken fingers or, you know, like, you know, a, a corky or something. I'll, I'll give you an example that goes to the other thing. During the grand final, Basha Hooley actually tweaked his calf. Yeah. And he was on the bench. He couldn't walk. It was in the Amazon Prime documentary as well. And he's saying, the medical guys are saying to Damien Hardwick up in the box, mate, he can't go, he can't go back on. He can't go back on. They'd already lost in the Gary Ablett incident yep. of Loston, who was knocked out early on. Uh, and Hardwick goes, get me Basher on the on the phone. Exactly right. And he Basher gets on the phone. He goes, mate, you're gonna have to strap it up, and you're gonna have to push for me. And he goes, yeah, I can do it for you, mate. If there's a sub rule, does Basher Hooley get subbed off in that grand final? Well, but that's medical the, sub. But that's the thing is, like, we, we've just talked about a tweak. Like, where does medically unfit go? Is it medically unfit as in you can't participate in the game wincing and you know, being in a little bit of pain? Or is medically unfit going anything further you do will do more damage? You hear it all the time where players are like, oh, I continued on playing. I played with broken ribs. I did this and that. Because realistically, if I got to the end of the game, I was missing six weeks anyway. Luke Lodge like, 2008 final series, exactly broken right. ribs. Yeah, and and like so, I just I would like some further clarification around the medically unfit, and we've only had a short turnaround between when the rule has been decided and the actual aspects of the rule. But I guess even maybe a, you know maybe a, a trio of uh, medical practitioners doing the, the doing the you know my our doctor, the opposition doctor, and the medical all three meet. I know that takes away a resource from the other team, but I just don't see how you, it's not going to be manipulated. I hand you a form, Pez says Basher Hooley's tweaked his calf. One one doctor to another doctor, you're not going to go against his, his... If it's a grand final, the coach gets on the phone and says, mate, do I want Basher Hooley mm. or do I want my 23rd man? Basher yeah. Hooley's in my top six or this guy. Basher Hooley with a, with a strapped calf and a bit of an injection, I'll take him. Uh, yeah, but I guess what I'm saying though, Pez, is like whatever the club doctor says... That's not getting turned down by the AFL. No doctor in their right mind is going to say, hey, you know what? No, I disagree with your professional opinion because mm. think about how big the an- analysing of the actual injury is going to be. It's going to be what? 20 minutes? 15 minutes? That's not enough time to properly analyse the damage of an injury without x-rays and scans and that. So the AFL, no matter what is handed to the, the AFL medical guy, they're going to be like, yeah, yeah, okay, cool. I'll sign off on it. Yeah. 
Like that's that's why it's a little win for me. Yeah, I don't know if it's a little win. I think it's a little loss changing with the game. I understand why they are trying to bring it in with the injuries that do happen early on in games and make other clubs disadvantaged. But I think that's just the luck of the draw. Injuries play a big part in a lot of premiership seasons for clubs up the top. And uh, it, it's just another part of the game, which is unfortunate. You'd hate to see anyone get injured, but it does happen. And apparently we're going to have that uh, sub rule coming in. So new medical rule. Well, I'm sure we'll talk about it during the season. So I'm sure we will. Probably after round three when uh, Clark has another abuse and, <laughs> yeah, and they change four, it again. Four subs. Um, All right. Yeah, so season go. opener, we get into round one. Can't wait to do it, Pez. But one of the questions that always comes up from, you know, it's been coming up since probably 2010, 2011 when we the AFL has continued to persist with the Carlton versus Richmond Thursday night home opener. Now, let's be clear here, Pez. I love Thursday night footy. I don't <laughs> care who's playing. That's not what I'm saying. Does the AFL need to look at the season opener? We see a lot of other leagues around the world have a flexible fixture where they put prime time teams or there. Sometimes they have the, the, the premiers go at it against, you know, the, the grand final rematch. Sometimes they have the two up-and-coming teams. I just think – well, I, I want to hear your thoughts, Pez. Carlton versus Richmond, Look, what it, is it? It's not like you get tired of it because I love watching it every, every year, even 2020 when it was no crowd. I love watching it. You know, I think Carlton haven't won since 2012, so it's been a long time coming. Richmond are, are really good at the moment. Carlton, we don't know where they're at. They're trying to compete for finals and things like that. But Richmond just, just get them every year and they, they knock them off and they do it easily. And Carlton, they'll get a, uh, Richmond will get a, uh, a lead, five, six goal lead. Carlton will come back and they'll kick two or three goals, get their fans excited. Matty Cruiser will get injured. He won't anymore because he's <laughs> retired. And then it's just the same story over and over again. Um, I don't have an opinion on this in terms of change it up or, you know, put a show down there because I get you to see... A, you don't have an opinion? I get to see the nine games of, of footy anyway. Um, I know why they did it at the MCG with two big clubs. Yeah. Um, Richmond were down at that stage. Carlton were just on the up uh, when they first brought it in. And now Richmond are up the top of their game and Carlton are building towards finals. So there's no way the AFL is actually going to change oh, it. No, no, there's not. Um, but I... I don't mind who's playing as long as, you know, all 18 clubs play in that round and I get to watch them uh, anywhere. For me, it's it's one of those things that, oh, you're right, it's footy's footy's footy, I'm glad to have it back. You, you wait six months for it to be in between, you're like, you know what, I don't care, footy's back. First quarter's always amazing, the last quarter's normally amazing when the fizzle's already about, but that middle session just doesn't do it for me. I wouldn't mind the flexible fixturing, um, but then again, it's too easy to make, miss the mark on that one as well. So, What game would you choose this round? This round, you'd probably be looking at Hawthorne uh, Essendon would be straight off the bat. You'd have a packed house there, two teams that are in the middle. You're going to get a quality game of football um, because the, all the other matchups, I think, have potential to blow out. Um, your thoughts? Yeah, see, well, Hawthorne Essendon down the bottom. I know, of the I know. Um, Richmond Carlton looking there is is looking He's at one, looking of, the like one of the better choices. Um, Collingwood Bulldogs possibly because the well they do the, the Friday night one. The line that, so that's been a tradition the last couple of years actually. The line so close and things like that. You wouldn't put some of the interstate clubs you wanted in Melbourne. You wanted it at home home of footy. So you have got a few choices. You have got the Collingwood game. You have got Melbourne Fremantle, which there's no way you'd open the season with that. And that ends the argument there for this yeah. season. So for, for me, it's a little win because, you know, obviously the history of the game, we've been doing it since 2008. Car don't worry about whether Carlton's winning or, you know, they've only won a couple, but the average margin's 20 points. And, like, some of these losses are, are pretty big losses. You know, there's one, two, three, four, five, six games that are over 30 points in, in, you know, the last, what's that, 13 years. You are right, though. I think that the AFL has done the right thing in keeping this because no matter what game they potentially throw up, you could get a 60-point blowout. 
This way they're building history. We, you know, the AFL is a game that take out last year that they like to stick to the history of the game. And I think that this is a good tradition. I love the Thursday night footy. I love going to the game. I've been to the game probably four or five times, or probably more actually, over the last 10 years. <laughs> um, but every time you get there and the anticipation of that first bounce and that first real goal and Carlton always come out flying in the first quarter. I'm actually really looking forward to this one for this year. But I thought, you know what? It's a debate we do every year. Let's do it one more time. Yeah, you got to talk about it, and it's stuff that comes up in the news. So behind the boundary, we're going to talk about it in one of our segments. So that was Big Win, Little Win Source, and uh, that's one of our segments. We're not going to go through any of our other segments because they'll just pop up uh, sporadically over the rounds, and uh, the fans will keep on their toes about that. But we are going to introduce our new one, and we, we won't even say the title until after this little uh, intro from Source. There you have it. Love it. This is called End to End, our round preview show. So this is for round one. And every week we're going to be doing this source. We're going to be analyzing the nine games, unless it's a bye week, and then we'll analyze less (laughs) games. But it'll be the same thing each week. And what we'll do is we'll go through the games. We'll go through the ins and outs if we have them. We've only got the ins and outs of the first game today's source. But uh, this is super exciting, and I, I just love previewing the footy. Yeah, not only will we do that, Pez, we'll also do a tip as well, but we're not going to go to the traditional tip, are we, Pez? We're going to do things a little bit little bit harder. It's a little bit too easy just to tip all the winners. Oh, yeah, because we, we get 200 <laughs> and something tips every year yeah, yeah, yeah. and uh, sit at the top of the tipping <laughs> comps and things like that. But, yeah, what are we doing? We're going to take uh, the lines from uh, Sportsbet. I um, mean, we're not a betting podcast in terms of this show here, but we thought, you know what, that's a, a terminology that's used all around, and what we'll be able to do is pick uh, what line that we like so that we don't just always agree on the, uh, the winner or loser. Because sometimes with blowouts, it's not fun to hear about the tip of it just being, you know, like, you know, Richmond's going to win this game. Yeah, no, no shit. Right, but are they going to be able to clear the line? So it's a good little talk uh, and a good little debate. Make keep us interesting between uh, Pez and I. Definitely. And Source, you and I are in a, uh, a competition this year. Not only loser comp, <laughs> which is a great competition by behind the bench. Don't, don't worry about talking about other comps then, man. Pez, loser comp is the only comp. It's not the, <laughs> it's only, the only comp, comp worth mattering. Uh, and for the next. 24 hours or so get those tips in make sure you've made those payments and if you've still got friends that want to sign up do it tomorrow morning (laughs) (laughs) it's going to take me a lot of effort to do it right up until the game but no just kidding if you want to sign up sign up nothing nothing hurting you doing multiple entries too yeah multiple entries if you want to and uh had that actually yet no we haven't but um prize pool sitting over eight hundred dollars, which was the, the one in twenty twenty, which uh, Cole took out. But we'll go from there. But we are in we're in another comp that's pretty important. And shout out to the trend better. He <laughs> he loves it over there, and uh, he works hard as well, just like you, Sauce, to run his competition. And uh, uh, we've got the hundred dollar entry fee there, where we've got to choose five lines per week. So it's pretty hard. So this show for us and this little segment will actually help us make our tips for that one. Most definitely. All right, let's get into round one. First game, we've already mentioned it. It is the Carlton, or sorry, it's Richmond playing Carlton. Richmond having that home ground advantage, the MCG. I have been saying the 750, but they're running a 725 time slot. I forgot that Thursday night. That's how long it's been since I've actually worried about because getting to the football. Because they're school the next day. school the next day. So the 725 time slot. So we are right on, pairs. We're on 23 hours and uh, 40 minutes until kickoff for round one. Tell us about the game. The teams have been announced. They got announced uh, probably about an hour or so ago. Yep. What what can we expect from this game? Oh, the teams have been announced, and I'm looking at the Richmond side source, and this oh. is a strong side. Premiership players all over the park. Dustin Martin named a full forward. You've got their full forward line. Tom Lynch, Dustin Martin, Jack Rewalt. 
Absolutely amazing. They've got Toby Namkervis there in the ruck to do that. Vlosten is back from that <laughs> concussion in the grand final that he had to go out in the first quarter, but still got his medal and things like that. So uh, Richmond looking very strong. You turn over and you go to Carlton. You know they're missing Zach Williams from the suspension in the preseason. Uh, they do have some big names in there. They've named, uh, they've named players like Jack Silvani at full forward. Um, can I see Jack Nunes there? Yes, Jack Nunes in Jack the half Nunes, forward line. Jack Nunes, there we go. So they're in there. So I, I don't like it at all. Um, Jacob Wiedering will be great uh, in defence. I'm looking forward to see Paddy Cripps and how he goes about it uh, this year. It's got to be a big year for him. And a few of the players at Carlton just need to step up. I'm looking across and people getting excited about them. The only one I'm really excited about to see in a Carlton jumper is Adam Saad because he will push their run off the back line uh, a little bit. But Richmond's pressure, we just know that it's too high. Do they care a lot about this game? Um, I, I'm pretty sure they'll unveil two flags. Um, this season because they didn't oh, yeah, get to yeah, unveil yeah, their flag to fans no, you the season correct. before. They did unveil it though at the MCG but they, they might do the two fans. Um, they could uh, do the back-to-back unveil. That'd be that'd be interesting. And uh, Jeez, tell you what, th- that would be so dangerous for the rest of the league to see that. Like the arrogance that that would, whether they're doing it to be arrogant or not, teams would use that as motivation 100%. Like, Geelong, Geelong would use it. Carlton would use that. I don't think I think that's actually more of a dangerous move unveiling two a flags. Dangerous move. I reckon they should do it. Unveil the two flags. Well, it's hard put the, got many, so put, <laughs> put the pressure on Carlton and, and go from there. Um, Carlton's lineup not too impressed with that. They need uh, so, some players back, I think, and especially Zach Williams to go in there. That'll make a huge difference. But the line sits. What did you say, Sauce? Twenty three and a half. Twenty three and a half. So I, I'm going to say Richmond four goals plus. They'll cover the line. Uh, I think they'll win by 30, 36 points around that mark. So. So Richmond all the way for me. Richmond all the way for you. And I know one person that does like playing it uh, in this game is uh, Shane Edwards. Did you see Shane Edwards' comments during the week? No, I missed that. He was asked about whether he thought Richmond and uh, uh, Carlton should play in the first game of the year. And he said, yeah, yeah, bloody oath. I love playing Carlton's grand final every year. Just the old little dig there straight up. But uh, I think you are right, Pez. Richmond, uh, the, the reigning premiers for a reason. We spoke about it in our pre-season show, Pairs, how much of an effort Carlton need to bring to this game and build consistency in order to challenge anyone, let alone the reigning premiers. They're, they're consistent around the ground. They have, as we've said, as we said many times, Pairs, they're not, they haven't got three or four superstars. They probably will end up with, what, two or three All-Australians? But you could easily say this team could win the premiership and not have an All-Australian in there. And I take out maybe Dustin Martin. The, the list is strong. Uh, they are young. They are starting to really build some of that uh, swagger that we see from the dynasties. But, Pez, I, I don't know if 23 and a half is too big a line. You know, the average margin for this game is 20 points. We do know that Carlton normally... The, the, we can we can write the narrative now. Carlton come out firing, the first, kick the first three or four goals. Richmond, as they do, not too worried about the, 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 you know, the regular season games. They just bust their way along, get to the fourth quarter, and then Carlton just hang on and hope they've built enough lead, which normally they haven't. I think that uh, Carlton can actually do the plus 23 and a half pair. So we're already head-to-head in the first one. I love it when I'm head-to-head with you, Sauce, <laughs> because you know what that means. I'm most likely to win. Oh, turn it right up, Pez. Really interested to hear your thoughts in the next one. Friday night game, we're back for Friday night football. There's nothing more that I like than Friday night footy than uh, maybe a couple of froffies uh, sitting watching Friday night footy. But we've got the MCG. The first three games of the round are at the MCG, welcoming football back to uh, Melbourne. We've got Collingwood playing the Doggies and Pez. There are big, big expectations about both these clubs 
on different reasons though. The Western Bulldogs, for me, it has to be they have to be making top four. They have to make finals. They have to make an impact. Since their five-year premiership, what, five years ago, they haven't won a finals game. This needs to be the year with all that talent. For Collingwood, can they stay up and about? Can they be that team that they have been of the past? And, you know, realistically, is Bucks under a bit of pressure with their off-season woes? He's, he's under so much pressure now. A big problem at Collingwood is they haven't had the forward line around. Now, Mason Cox, how many games of AFL footy has he played? Probably two that actually count. Um he played that final against West Coast where he kicked the first three goals and he played the prelim final against Richmond where he kicked five. But he's named a full forward. You've got Will Kelly, the young guy. You've got Brody Myacek there, Josh Thomas, uh, Jamie Elliott, Will Hoskin Elliott. Yeah, 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 all good. Their midfield's very strong. Brody Grundy, Scott Penderbury, Taylor Adams, uh, Jordan Dugowie. They did lose Trelaw, so they take a little bit out of that. Dugowie, I'd imagine, would spend some time forward. Um, I, I don't believe this Magpie's best 22 could even uh, compete with the likes of the Bulldogs in their midfield. Uh, I have spoken how I do not like the Bulldogs' forward line either or their defence, and that's a weak point. But I think their midfield can move up and, and get enough goals. So here at the MCG, I know Collingwood like to play there. You know that's why the line's probably a little bit lower at minus three point five because the Bulldogs they, they started they started as the favourites. They they actually started probably the line earlier in the week being the other way around. So they well, went into this game before before the actual Western Bulldogs played their Sunday match as favourites. Well, that, that's amazing to me. But this line very small, less than a goal, minus three and a half. I'll back the doggies all day here and uh, I'll be, be jumping on them because I just think their midfield's too strong. They'll they'll uh, compete in the midfield and, you know, halve it because Collingwood's midfield is also strong. But when they actually go forward, I think the Bulldogs can, their midfield can actually pile on the goals. Yeah, you're right, Pez. We spoke about this lots. So that the, the, the Bulldogs are going to get plenty of the pill. The only issue um, for, for me is, is how they actually score. But with the inclusion of a, of a Ruckman there, they're actually allowing Norton to go down there and play more of a, a, um, a forward, standalone forward um, role. Hopefully Mitch Wallace isn't their leading goal kicker, but he'll be able to snag a few too. Listen to this for their last game that they played against Melbourne in the preseason. This is the possession getters. McRae, 39. Daniel, 34. Bontempelli, 32. Dunkley, 32. Liberatory, 31. Lockie Hunter, 27. That's your top six players, all with 25+. plus. They're going to get plenty of the pill. Um, for, for Collingwood, that has been um, one of their, their strengths of getting the pill. And now they add Trelaw into that mix as well. So you've got to imagine there's going to be seven blokes competing. And if they are on, they are a lot of inside, outside handballs. They're going to all get 25. And if they control the football that much, surely they can't lose. Surely. I'm with the doggies as well, minus two and a half. I think that is an absolute steal, to be honest, Pez. Yeah, and uh, I wouldn't take too much account of that preseason game where Melbourne had zero <laughs> midfielders playing in the game. It was like having some under-16s out there, realistically. But um, both on the Bulldogs, so both in agreeance. Um, I probably won't a, happen too much. I do get a bit, best. bit nervous when you oh, do agree with down, me. Settle down, mate. You're picking me out like I'm some <laughs> horrible tipper. I normally finish second just behind you most weeks. And just... Just turn it up, mate. Uh, speaking, right. speaking of, speaking of terrible teams, games. is that what you're doing? Melbourne, we're on to the Saturday, the third game at the MCG. That turf is going to get a workout after not having much of a workout during our COVID 2020 season. 1.45 time slots. You know what I like about the Saturday game, Pez? There's a bit of flow to them. 1.45, 4.30, 7.25. You little ripper, that is all hours on the couch. And there's another one at 7.45. So you can have your two screens going. That's uh, 20 minutes apart. So you watch most of the first quarter. One at quarter time, switch to the other one. 
And halftime, you'd be able to watch a quarter in the other Mate, one. Mate, I, I, I definitely can do that. You're right, but I don't think you have the mental strength to be able to do that. So we'll stick to the first game of the MFs and we'll just ease you through it. So MCG, Melbourne versus Fremantle. The line is 12.5 in this one, and it's a very interesting one because Fremantle have been hit by the injury bug for round one. Melbourne, extremely disappointing, as we just mentioned, against the Doggies. And Simon Goodwin has to really be thinking about, uh, is this the year that Melbourne make the jump? So famously, we've been harping on it. They have been one of those teams that continually disappoint and is it going to be another season of woes for the D's? Yeah, well, you mentioned the Fremantle injuries. So you've got Stephen Hill, uh, Rory Lobb, uh, definitely you've got Michael Walters who's out for another three weeks with a hamstring. You've got players that are getting tested at like Aaron Chera. Uh, so there is a lot of talent out there, but my man, Nat Fife is on the field. Uh, they're playing against the Melbourne side that aren't too impressive. Uh, we don't know if Ben Brown and Magic Dora are going to make their debuts for the Melbourne Footy Club and try and fix that forward line up a little bit. I don't actually know here where they're going to play Magic Dora, if they're going to try him up forward or play him at centre-half back, because that's probably where he had his most success at, at North. But um, oh, that'll be interesting to see. The, probably on the bench as a sub. <laughs> the medical sub. The medical sub. You wouldn't have him as a medical sub because he wouldn't be able to impact much <laughs> when he comes on. But... Um, Minus 12 and a half. It's just over two goals source. And Melbourne are, are quite quite heavy favourites in, in terms of this game. But without seeing the teams and without going there, oh, I'm jumping all over Fremantle at the 12 plus and a half. Um, yeah. Plus 12 and a half here. They're a really hard team to pick, Melbourne. And you know what? I'd be really interested to see what the line would be, Pez. And um, I know where my thoughts would have been if we had someone like, you know, you know, Walters in there, and we had Lob in there. We had some more sort of scoring options. Fremantle would be favourites. That's what I, that's what I'm thinking. So like, if that is the difference between two or three players, and those players we mentioned aren't, you know, the absolute superstars of Fremantle. Like Walters is probably one in their top five, but yep. Lob's definitely not. Um, and you know, they will need uh, someone to take care of Max Gorn and try and compete with him a little bit. But their defence Im- impresses me. Source: Joel Hamling, Premiership player, Alex Pierce, Luke Ryan. And then Brennan Cox, who's made his uh, made his way at the centre half back there. So um, I think they've got a strong defence. Melbourne they've struggled in the forward line. Don't know if Ben Brown can fix it. So that's why I'm getting the twelve and a half points there. Yeah, I like the twelve and a half points. I do think Melbourne get the job done. Um, it's interesting, you know, they're going to have uh, Brayshaw, Oliver, going to have Petrarca, Harms, Gorn in there. I still don't know where their goals come from. I'm still really worried about that forward entry, but hopefully, it is going to be the you know the. The D's that win it for those Melbourne supporters, but I think 12 and a half, I think that is a great line. I'm all over Fremantle. There you go. Another agreement. And uh, we move on to the Saturday afternoon game. Yeah, don't mind introing this one, Pez. Uh, Adelaide Oval, 435. My, oh, I was about to say my Adelaide Crows there. My Geelong Cats are taking on Adelaide Crows. The line is huge in this one. I'm a little surprised it's not further out. Minus 25 and a half for the new look, new recruited. The paid premiership is the, is the <laughs> option. Geelong Cats, Pez. The pub paid surely, premiership. Surely you're all over Adelaide here. They can get the job done. Well, they? look, Adelaide were impressive in the Amazon Prime documentary with the <laughs> end, of, end of their season. <laughs> they, their media career was <laughs> impressive because nothing else was. They, they were impressive when they won those couple of games in a row. And uh, the, the amount of love that Rory Sloan has for the game. So it was oh, good to see that. Tell you what, did Rory, Rory Sloan not come out as an absolute champion of that club and the game? Absolute Adelaide legend. He'll play like 23 games this year, even he's injured. He won't worry about the injury sub. They'll play him all the way through. <laughs> even if he breaks his thumb again and does things like that. Um, yeah, the, the paid premiership for the Geelong Cats who just get their free land and uh, pubs and things <laughs> like that. But 25, 25 and a half points here. Um, Adelaide Crows opener at Adelaide Oval. They'll be up and about. But I think Geelong 
need to come out with the fire in the belly, something to prove and say, you know what, Adelaide's at the bottom of the ladder. We're at the top. We're vying for a premiership. This is what we've got to show. Tomahawk and Jeremy Cameron trying to kick a bag. And if they kick a bag, I think they can win by five goals plus. So uh, I'll be I'll be on Geelong in this one at, at the line minus 25 and a half because I don't think Adelaide have the cattle. Oh, they've got the heart, but I don't think they've got the cattle to be able to keep up. Yeah, I think you're right, Pez. I think that uh, this is one of those uh, statement games for Geelong. It sounds silly being the opening round. Been a lot, a lot of chatter about Geelong, and, you know, it's premiership or bust for them. They are without uh, Mitch Duncan, which is really going to hurt them. He, he won't get up, and probably Luke Dowhouse is probably in their best 22. Jordan Clark, who had a very, um, <laughs> I guess, publicised off-season in the trade period where they were trying to um, – he was trying to get out of Geelong. They, you know, the Giants wanted him. Geelong refused to get rid of him because he is – an absolute star talent so he'll, he'll slop into that uh, that half forward position and uh, I think the talent alone in that is you're looking at Dangerfield my man Guthrie Tommy Hawkins Rowan Cameron Sam Menegola Joel Selwood Isaac Smith who did look really great and we haven't even got onto their defence Pez one of the best defences in the league last year the Cats will absolutely get this done uh, 25 and a half I'll take that any day of the week I'd push that up to 35 and a half Oh, geez, don't go too confident. I mean, you can get a line 10 points less than you want. Uh, definitely take that. So we head to the game that you're heading to this yes, week. Yes, very excited about this one. It's a shame uh, those two teams are playing, but I'm very <laughs> glad to be getting the footy. It will be fantastic, though, Pez. Um, the only thing that I'm only really disappointed about is not the two teams because I think it will be a cracking game. It's the fact that it's not the G. You want to go to the hallowed turf, but then again, I'm going to have probably about 30,000 at Marvel Stadium, 725, Essendon versus Hawthorne. The line's two and a half pairs. It is a really, really close game. And even as my own head, I'm having some aerial ping pong here. I'm going back and forth going, oh, I need to see the teams. Essendon yep. can win it. Oh, you know what? Hawthorne didn't do this. I, I just, I don't know where I fall and I think it's going to be a split decision as we're talking. The teams are definitely going to make a big impact on this. So I'm just going through the Essendon injuries. Michael Hurley's out indefinitely. You've got uh, Mosquito, who played a bit. He's out for six months. Stringer's out for two weeks. Zaharakis is out for four weeks. And James Stewart um, out for seven weeks with a hamstring. So their players probably in their best 22. You head down to Hawthorne's injury list. And there's some big names in there as well. You've got Sicily, who's out with a knee. You don't know where he's going. John Patton's obviously not playing through that investigation. Uh, Tommy Mitchell, hopefully he gets up with the test. Jack Gunston's out four to six weeks. So he's been a really important player in really the premiership years. Player. And even afterwards. Uh, Wingard's probably going to miss with a calf as well. So... Um, injuries on both sides, Source. I'm going to take this down. It's only two and a half. If the line was a bit bigger, I'd go. I'd swing in Essendon's favour, but because it's so low at two and a half, it's pretty much picking for me. So I'll, I would go um, Alistair Clarkson's way because he can he can coach him better. I'm really torn on this one, and I've been uh, speaking to Finstar, one of our loyal listeners, who hasn't been happy about uh, where we've pinged Essendon here in the bottom four. Bottom four, you had him. Uh, you had him a lot lower than the bottom four. You had him as bottom three. But I wasn't alone at having them bottom four pairs. A lot of the experts think that um, that Essendon haven't got a good enough list, and and I have to agree with this one. I still do need to see the final list for this one to be able to make a decision. But I think you're right, pairs. It is a really low line. It's a pick'em sort of circumstance. Pick'em meaning obviously it's too close to tell. So you just go with the team that you think is going to win. I don't think either team's going to win. I, I don't really. <laughs> know. <laughs> but uh, I'm going to go lean towards. <sighs> I'm going to lean towards Essendon. Yes, against me again. I like it. Yeah, so I'll, <laughs> I'll, I'll take that two and a half. So hopefully if uh, if I'm wrong, it's at least a really close game. Uh, for my sake, anyway, while I'm there. So that's what I'm excited about. Oh, there you go. It's, it's always uh, 
it's always fun picking these lines, Sauce, and a little bit different to just having a tip. It is a little bit, isn't it? I, I think it's a good little uh, addition that we've done. Let's get on to the other Saturday night game, the one that you'll be tuning to in at a halftime of the Essendon game. Oh, definitely. 7.45 at the Gabba, Brisbane Lions versus the Sydney Swans. The line is 24.5 for obvious reasons. Brisbane have had a really great two years, Pez, but they're opening the round one for the first time, unfamiliar territory, with a couple of injuries. Yeah. Can that mean the Swans can stay close? No, um, yeah, it can't. <laughs> um, I've been looking at their injuries. Just no, unfortunately, we spoke about it before. Cam Rayner out for the season. Darcy Gardner, uh, we're going to test on that knee as well as Cockatoo, who's possibly in their best twenty-two. He hasn't really shown what he's worth yet, but he could get in there. Uh, McStay's out with a knee for two to five weeks, but with the inclusion of Danaher, that's not going to really matter for them. Uh, you look at the Sydney Swans, and you you just hope for them. They don't have too many injuries, but you've got Franklin and Naismith two there. They've got a, a fortunate injury and you never want players to get injured, but Robbie Fox is out for five to seven weeks with a finger. So <laughs> um, he's not going to turn the ball over at the halfback line. You know what I've noticed about Sydney in the past two weeks? A change in logo. Have you noticed that? Uh, no, I haven't. Have, have a look at the Sydney logo. Oh, got a bit more of the beak on it. Yeah, it's uh, a, a real swan. I'm a real boy. <laughs> we got I, the real swan. I saw it on the AFL thing. I was like, oh, is every club changing their logo or whatever? So like the like, real one, yeah, yeah. Yeah, and I'm like, oh, okay, there you go. Oh, so. I don't mind actually. I've just gone a little bit uh, in, uh, in in closer, I guess, in more depth. It's a little bit of a mean swan. Yeah, it's a, a little bit of an aggressive swan there, and hopefully that's what the swans can bring uh, Saturday night. Got a little bit of see you next Tuesday about it um, <laughs> and, and go from there. But um, Brisbane, minus 24 and a half. This is the line I'm really surprised at, that it yeah. isn't 30 plus. So I absolutely love this, and uh, a cheeky thing, possibly Pez's loser tip for uh, for round one. Oh, there we go, some spoilers. So if you uh, if you do want to stay into round two, do not follow Pez on this one. <laughs> no, just joking, Pez. Uh, I think you're right. I think that the, the Lions depth is going to be too strong. They've got an elite midfielder, and if you look at uh, their, you know, all their A grade players, they've got three or four of them across the ground. You got, you know, their, their forward line has just got the inclusion of Joe Danaher there in the midfield. You have got the reigning Brownlow medalist. You've got um, Eric Hipwood in there as well. So McCluggage. You've got uh, down back the All Australian Harris Andrews, and the other thing that's a little bit concerning for Sydney. Um, I know that they are a really young team, and they are really looking for that rebuild. They are sneakily good, some of those young players, but they're going to be debuting three draftees uh, from last yeah, year's draft. So many. Logan McDonald, Braden Campbell, and Errol Golden. Good old Errol. When was the last time you heard of Errol? <laughs> this is a Monday uh, football song. <laughs> what song? Uh, Errol. I don't know. Oh, I, I wish you pressed the button there and then <laughs> and, and, and played it. Well, well, I don't have. I'm sorry. I am very quick at making <laughs> intros, Pez, but I can't just pull them out of my backside. You can't be that quick. But so I, who are you on there? I'm totally agreeing with you, Pez. I can't believe this line uh, didn't hit the 30 plus mark. I, I think that'll that. jump out. Only one game this week hit the 30 plus one, and I would have thought that one was. But there is a lot of hype about the young Swans. Um, but unfortunately, as much as I do like watching them, and I was a little bit criticised for naming them my. Uh, League pass team. I got a little bit of criticism from a couple of the fans on that one. I have to go with Brisbane Lions to get the job done by uh, over four goals. They're too strong, and they're, the, they're my team on top of the ladder that I've predicted as well, Sauce. So uh, get oh. around Brisbane this week. Speaking of speaking about your second team, Pez, uh, the second oh. team on the ladder, obviously what you meant was the one o'clock Sunday traditional time slot for North Melbourne. <laughs> but we are talking about your second of the ladder, North Melbourne. Oh, sorry, the Port Adelaide uh, Power. I know you didn't put them there, Pez. I was uh, getting a little bit of a joke about the North Melbourne. Oh, no, look, yeah, don't, no. don't go fact check me, all right? I was I, having a little bit of a I put Port in the top four, I know. Oh, we put North at the bottom, we know that. Yeah, very funny. Um, go from there. But who have they got? Goldsack, who's come across the Port Adelaide. He's not going to be in there. Hamish Hartlett's getting a test. Um, 
Pal Pepper is on personal leave, so we don't know when he's coming back. And Connor Rosie, who had that injury, still to be confirmed. So uh, I think he's in doubt for round one. No use looking at um, North's injuries because they don't even have a best twenty-two. So, but thirty. <laughs> hang on, hang on a tick, Pez. <laughs> <laughs> Settle down with this one. The the North Melbourne lineup for a team in a rebuild and the team expected to finish bottom four, the list that they're putting out there isn't the worst list in terms of a mixture of young potential talent as well as some senior bodies there. So, you know, you're right. They do have Todd Goldstein. Uh, they've got Luke Davis, Yukinaki, who they You can never say his I can, name. No, mate, he's got 700 letters in his <laughs> name. I can barely say, I can barely say uh, Jai Simpkin. Like, um, and, you know, he's got two letters in his first name. But they've got those two uh, young guns there. Um, they would expect a really big year from uh, Zerha. Hopefully he can find the form and actually hit, hit the goals in there. Nick Larky, uh, an ex-Swan who's come across. Hopefully he can get the job done there. But outside that, you got your tagger in Luke McDonald, and, and it is very bleak <laughs> after that. So I think that um, you Dumont, are Dumont, who was actually impressive last year, he's on the injury list, so he's not going to be uh, playing either. So that just weakens them more. Yeah, and if we get to Port Adelaide, it is just... I mean, they finished top of the ladder, and they were in a prelim final last year for a reason. They are absolutely... Depth galore, Pez. There is so much talent on this list. So much talent that they just did the old, uh, hey, uh, you've got a little bit of a, a sore foot there. Ah, Connor Rosie, just, just go fix that. We don't need to do it. Just ah, go fix that. We'll, we'll be right. We'll we're be playing right. North uh, round one and we get, we'll get that there. Now, North surprise a few teams at the start of the year sometimes, but 31 and a half points, I'd usually go with the plus here source, but I just can't see North getting within that because Port, what I know about Port, not so much a finals team yet, but even in the early 2000s before they won those premierships, they absolutely loved the minor premiership. So they're going to be vying for that. They're going to be fighting hard for it. Percentage will be important to them. It's a 40-plus game here. And the minus 31 and a half, they'll definitely cover that. So uh, Port Adelaide for me. Yeah, I really like the Port Adelaide as well. The only questions I've got about Port Adelaide is can they win away from Adelaide Oval? They proved that last year in that sort of setting, but everyone was struggling in that setting. Do they play Marvel that well? I remember going to a cracking game, Port Adelaide versus North Melbourne, a couple of years ago, Pez, where we actually got kicked out and watched yep. the rest of the pub. Yep. Uh, would have been good to be at that It would have been great to be at the finishing of that pub, uh, the old Red Cups. But their, their forward line is, is goals galore, Pez. We've got uh, Fantasia. If he can get some consistent runs at footy, he could be one of the best small forwards in the game. Robbie Gray, Old Faithful, and Big Charlie Dixon, absolute mammoth of a man. They're going to get this job done, and I'm, I'm in the grand's pairs. I think this, this could really, really blow out. Uh, question. Can this one blow out to 100 points? Oh, it's extended quarters now. Yeah. From last year. And Port Adelaide pile it on. They'll will, they will get averaging 30 points a game last year in those those smaller games. Will they have no mercy? Will they will they just slow it down? Oh, I'm going to say no to the 100 points because it know, is very rare. And do you know what, though? They'll probably feel right at home, Port Adelaide, playing an empty stadium at Marvel. It'll feel exactly like last year. So it'll just be a continuation of last year. They'll get and the job done. And they finished on top last year? Yeah. yeah so yeah, I, reckon, I reckon they can get the job done. 40 plus, pretty easy. Match there. of the round coming up. Here we go. This is going to be an absolute cracker of a game. This would have been an all right game to put on the, the Friday night, by the Thursday night Pez for the opening, if St Kilda hadn't really been hit with some of those injuries. Oh. So 3.20 games, Sunday, the prime time, if you can call it that, Sunday time slot at Giant Stadium, the very well-crafted named Giant Stadium. GWS Giants versus St Kilda. The line in this one has shifted. It is now GWS minus seven and a half before the start of the round. You could have got them as a pick'em, a dollar ninety each way. Whoops, wasn't meant to mention odds. <laughs> but Pez, a couple of injuries have really, oh, really hurt St Kilda. Big injuries. Uh, best twenty-two 
type injuries. Paddy Ryder, personal leave. Ben Patton broke his leg, says he's out for the season. Rowan Marshall's still about a month away. Max King with the uh, Happy Gilmore injury with the uh, concussion. <laughs> Dan Hanabry, he's always going to be injured here and there, but when he's on the park, he's in the best 22. So he's got a calf there. James Frawley, I'm not sure. He's, I think he's just in there as, as, a, as a backup. I don't, I'm not sure he's in the best 22. Brad Crouch is suspended for the first two rounds. And... Uh, the other one there is the co-captain now, Jaron Geary, who's uh, done a – what has he done there? A fractured leg three to six weeks. He's not having luck with the legs. But uh, in my personal opinion, Jaron Geary probably shouldn't be co-captain anymore. Jack Seal should be at solo, and I don't think he's in our best 22. So that's probably a big call for some, saying your captain is not in your best 22. Whereas the Giants, they've lost Jeremy Cameron. They're not getting Hogan yet because he's on the injury list source. Um, Daniel Lloyd, who plays up forward. Bruce is out for majority of the season. Riccardi's not even playing up forward. And Whitfield, with that liver issue, indefinite as well. So the Giants have got some pretty big injuries. Now, the last time St Kilda played the Giants, St Kilda got into it. They beat them by about 55 points. Canilio wasn't in, in um, any form at all. And I just don't think the Giants have that fight and have that buzz. So even without my main man, Max King, and a few players missing, I'm going to go the Saints at the line plus seven and a half because I've always believed in the Giants and they just disappoint, disappoint, disappoint. Yeah, I mean, they had a disappointing year after making a prelim, uh, a grand final a couple of years before that. Uh, Really disappointing, um, you know, 2020 season. But they were one of the teams that really, really seemed to focus on the media during that uh, the, during the documentary. Oh, they, 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 they really, really did. And I think that, you know what, they'll watch the, the, the Amazon Prime special and they'll, they'll have a good reflection of themselves. They still are star-studded pairs. I mean, Phil Davis, Nick Haynes, Josh Kelly, Taranto, Green, Toby Green, that's Tom and Toby, Himmelberg, DeBoer, you've got Cornelio, Hopper, uh, Callum Ward, I don't know if Callum, Callum Ward will make the in their best 22 this uh, the round one, but they're also including, uh, they're debuting a new ruckman, his long-awaited uh, ruck debut, Matt Flynn. He was really highly uh, recruited uh, when we thought Mumford was going to retire, like Johnny Farnham, one more time a couple of years ago. And they've also, very impressive during the preseason, Tanner Bru- uh, Bruin, who's going to be debuting for the outfit as well of the Giants. Pairs, I'm in total disagreement with you. I think that those injuries were really, really... Um, heart-wrenching for, for the Saints who came off a really impressive uh, last game of the season or sorry last uh, last run of the season I guess they were very impressive in that lost first to the eventual final. premiers in the you, second final exactly right got and, our stuff handed to us yeah but, but you stuck with them in, in parts of that game but I just think that the Giants have too much to prove in round one they are the team that no one is counting to make the eight except for, for yours truly here <laughs> fair, there mate so I think that they can get the job done at the fortress that is the Giants Stadium I'm with the Giants at minus seven and a half and that's the thing and this game this that line has moved as well has moved Saints, a lot Saints started as favourite before all those injuries but uh, we imagine, get imagine to getting the Giants at plus seven and a half before that uh, yeah. that would have been grass uh, you, nah because they They'll probably lose by that. Don't worry about oh, it. Yeah, right, yeah. All right, speaking of uh, losing, we go over to one of our favourite stadiums, Peds, SBS Stadium for the last game of the round, the Twilight Game, 6.10 our time, probably about midnight, though, Perth time, West Coast Eagles versus the Gold Coast Suns. Really interested in this one, Pez. West Coast have been hit with a few injuries, probably worse than St Kilda. Minus 27 is the half, uh, 7.5 is this line. Really interested in your thoughts on this one, Pez, because I had them missing the eight. You had them scratching for top four. So I'm really interested in what your thinking is for West Coast. Yeah, West Coast, uh, I, I think they can win the game. And the line is 27.5, so it's massive. It is the second biggest line of the round by the looks of that. Uh, West Coast at home, Optus Stadium, SBS Stadium, they'll definitely get that done. 
Uh, Gold Coast don't have too many injuries. Uh, Roy Thompson's out for the season, but Matty Rowe should come back and, and play. He had some stuff to do in that documentary. Yeah, if you haven't seen the documentary, get in and watch it before yeah, what, tomorrow. What, what, what are you doing? If, if you haven't, <laughs> footy starts tomorrow, so you better take the day off and uh, binge Just those binge, seven binge episodes. Watch it, binge watch it. Uh, I'm going to actually take the Gold Coast Suns oh, at, at the oh, line. My here, man, the my man. I think they have to grow, and with that preseason, they'll be looking at a lot. They had big lapses in a lot of games where they gave up three to five goals in a row. I think they... Pull that back a little bit where they give up the laps and it's two goals in a row and then they can refocus and, and redo something else, especially with Matty Rowell in the middle. Uh, plus 27 and a half. Oh, I actually really like that. There are so many things going in favour of um, <laughs> the Gold Coast here. Not only do West Coast have a couple of injuries in terms of Luke Shuey and Elliot Yo to, to be on the sidelines, um, the Gold Coast have this experience, Pez. What are the things that Gold Coast do well in the first five rounds of AFL? Uh, they win. They win. Who did they beat round one by 40 points last year? Who did they beat round one? West Coast. Oh, I thought that was they will, two. They will go in with immense confidence. And not only that, as you said, it is their time to grow. They are... You could probably put this team in your best 22 under 22 because most of those players are absolutely amazing. Listen to some of these names that are taking going to be taking even bigger jumps this year, mate. You've got Lacocious, you've got Ainsworth, our man Isaac Ranking, your second favourite man, Ben King, Alex Sexton, who still unbelievably is like under 24 years old, Matt Rowe, future All-Australian and future Brownlow medalist, Noah Anderson, Brandon Ellis there to add a little bit of support, Charlie Ballard and Jack Bowers, and don't forget Sam Collins. Down back, who uh, loves the hard ball, and as well as uh, Connor Butterick. I think that the 27 and a half, I, I wouldn't be surprised if they challenged to win in that fourth quarter. I really think that the way that they opened up against um, Brisbane on in their preseason game, they've got a lot of nice pieces there. If they can just gain some poise going into that, you know, then when they do hit the lead. I wouldn't be surprised of an upset. And there's a lot of people, Pez, and I would be staying away from this game if it was me. There's a lot of people in our loser comp that have mentioned that they're probably going to be going for the Gold Coast Suns. Ooh, so maybe maybe an upset and then go from there. So, see, in the comp, they don't have to do a line source. So, West no. Coast just have to win. But if Gold Coast can get that sneaky win, you know what Gold Coast have done in the past few seasons? They've played a really good first half. They, they lead at halftime or they're within a goal and then they – let five goals go and the game's gone and out of their hands. So they really have – that's their big challenge this year. They have to try and stop that. They're a year older. They've got another preseason under their belt. So I'm getting pretty excited about it um, and excited f with you as well because you love the Gold Coast I Suns already. I love the Gold Coast Suns. I wasn't so much on them last year. But I see. this year coming forward, Matty Rial coming gotta back get in. on. Get on before to the, uh, the, the bandwagon fans come, Piz. And I'll tell you what, what I like about them as well. Do you know who's a good bloke? Stewie Jew. Stewie Jew from the Wait, would you not want to play for Stewie Jew? <laughs> Stewie Jew loves it. He offers the 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 perfect um I guess hybrid of personal mentor, good round all bloke, but geez, when when hit when it hit the fan, geez did he let it rip and he became a very, very scary man. But I think the boys really play for him. I'm looking forward to Gold Coast. And I think he's respected within the board there. 100%. And we mentioned this a lot because it's absolutely amazing. Amazon Prime. They had um <laughs> Matty Rao, he had a Thing when he was injured he couldn't work on his shoulders so he did a bike ride he had to climb Everest on the you know the the bike with the screen and he did like 396 kilometers or something at an elevation and Stewie Jew actually did it with him but started three hours before because he knew he wouldn't be able to keep up 
and he rode for about 24 hours as Amazing. well. Amazing. As we coach. said, if you haven't seen it, jump on the 30-day trial as Pez, but, you know, for our potential future sponsor, sign up with Amazon <laughs> yeah, Prime. Get, get, get in there and, um, yeah, check it out because it, it is an absolute treat. And you know what, Pez, we are saying that you should watch it before the AFL season, but it might be a nice little Monday night uh, thing to watch after all the – you're having your f- football withdrawals for the week. Couple episodes there, and you should be ready to go for round two. How are we going to go? I haven't had footy for about six months, and then we're going to sit there and go. We've got Thursday, we've got Friday, we've got lots of games on Saturday, we've got three games on Sunday. We're we're set for the for the weekend yeah. here, and the weekend starts now. The weekend starts <laughs> now because you know that, that's that's always our indication, Pez. Is when we start doing our podcast, that's when the weekend starts. Can't wait to get into round one, Pez. Come on, let's get into it. So three disagreements in the lines there, Sauce. You see that? Yeah, not, not worried, mate. Not gone, worried. See that? See, see, that, see that face right here? I know it's a, an audio podcast, but we'll, you can hear my vo- my voice. We will keep not a, worried. We'll keep a track of that and see who wins <laughs> out. Pez or Source. Let us know on socials at Behind the Bound, uh, Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. I've been Pez. Get around the footy around one tomorrow. Peace out. I'm still Source. We'll catch up next time, guys. Now